Hello and welcome to the Izzyverse. I'm Izzy. Today's topic is Triple H best for business. That's the topic I want to talk about today. Last week in WWE, we saw something that we haven't seen in a while, and that's excitement. From SummerSlam, we had the return of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and now EO Sky, which I'm fine with that. We had an overall good event, and then we had in SmackDown the return of Scarlett and Darian Cross. That is something I did not see coming. Another thing that was exciting to see was we had more wrestling in a wrestling show. I know it sounds funny, doesn't it? But we did. And even banned words like wrestling or wrestler are now returning. So, what's different? Well, before we can start talking about what's different and we can answer the question, is Triple H best for business? How did we get here in the first place? And that is from the previous regime, the McMahon era which was a very long era. It started in the 70s and it moved its way up to this present day. And when we look at the man, Vince McMahon, we gotta look at him from two different perspectives. One perspective is he's a hell of a promoter and he understands the business of wrestling probably better than anyone else. We also have to take a look at the millionaire, the man, Vince McMahon, who for lack of a better term, may not be the nicest person in the world, and at the same time, he might have been getting away with a lot of things. But let's talk more about the wrestling aspects of it all. So McMahon really became a man of power in the 80s, where he coined the phrase WrestleMania, and the wrestling community was never the same again. It was through this rock and wrestling era starring Hulk Hogan and his many rivals, Roddy Roddy Piper, Paul Ordnorth, also his band of friends like Jimmy Superfly, Snuka, Junkyard Dog, and others. This was a good time in wrestling. In fact, this is the time in wrestling where I got into wrestling. The characters at this particular time were very cartoony. They were over the top. We still had a little bit of the old school carny age, but for the most part, it was more exciting. Characters like Macho Man Randy Savage stood out. Voices like Gene Okerlund or Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura were all big parts of what made this such a fun time in wrestling. With it as well came a time where we also had characters like the Ultimate Warrior, Honky Talk Man, and everybody was taken out of a comic book. Sooner or later, a kid's gotta grow. And therefore, so does wrestling. And we ended up going to the next part, the next generation, or what we want to call the new generation of wrestling. This was a very different time in WWE. Was it the most successful? I'm going to say no. But it had potential, and it was good. It was spearheaded by Bret the Hitman Hart, who we've seen grow from the Howard Foundation to the Intercontinental status and then finally becoming a world champion. His number one rival will have to be Sean the Heartbreak Kid Michaels. Another person that we've seen grow through the Rockers and we had the boy toy and then we finally get the Heartbreak Kid. 
The new generation also gave us The Undertaker, the phenom who really outstood them all. He was a sign of the rock and roll era, like the new version of that. But what was different is that he, he too was a complete wrestler's wrestler. Not a technical wrestler by all means, but he had everything you wanted in a wrestler. Then something happened. That something was WCW. And more importantly, the New World Order, which, as Eric Bischoff likes to tell you, changed the business, created controversy, which created cash. WWE had to change. And that change led to the Attitude Era. What many believe is the greatest era in wrestling. Because not only did we have the NWO, and we had Goldberg, and we had other characters in WCW, we also had the rising star of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And let's not forget the people's champion, The Rock. You had a little weird ones too. Goldust was an interesting character, to say the least. And the Attitude Era was taking the adrenaline and just putting it at a thousand. Because everything was sex and violence. And people love it. And at this time is when McMahon made the decision to let us know that wrestling is predetermined. He wanted to let us know that everything you saw was for entertainment purposes only. Yes, it was a sports environment in which there were athletes and people doing things that normal people probably wouldn't be able to do. But at the same time, it was an entertainment program. The Attitude Era left us with the next era, which is what we call the Ruthless Aggression Era. John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and Batista became household names. It was also the era that for lack of a better term, was the start of what we're going to see moving forward. Because there was no more competition. The product became stale and no one cared. It was even to the point that I have friends of mine who would die hard wrestling fans stop watching wrestling because, as they put it, it was boring. And they moved on to other sports like UFC. What does McMahon do? He moves on to what we call the PG era. And this era, John Cena is the king. Hustle, loyalty, respect. But at the same time, we lost something. We went from the ultimate in violent sports to a very watered down, scripted, and very predictable wrestling. And again, it was boring. It was dull. We did have some glimmer of hope. CM Punk, for example, was a great addition. But even CM Punk knew he had a, a glass ceiling. Even he knew, even as a world champion, he knew he couldn't go any further. So what did he do? Took off his boots and left. And we didn't see him until seven years later. During this time, we ended up seeing the rise of three wrestlers known as The Shield. Now, this particular group didn't really have any leader they were all equals. You had the, the rowdy one in Dean Ambrose. You had the technician and athlete of Seth Rollins. And then you had the powerhouse that will become Roman Reigns. 
But these three superstars, as McMahon likes to call them, they came out of an era known as the NXT era of superstars. And all these wrestlers were all part of a new crop of wrestlers that we didn't see before. We didn't really, we, they, some of them were in the indies, but really for the most part, you didn't see them. You didn't know that Seth Rollins was Tyler Black or that Dean Ambrose was John Moxley and then we all know what he's doing now. They call this the call-ups. When someone from NXT will be called up into the main roster so they could be part of SmackDown or Raw. And it was good at first. You had people come up and it was general excitement. Kevin Owens was a great addition to the roster. His first day as NXT champion, he came in and he defeated John Cena on his first day in the main roster. But then, what happened? Why was it that we couldn't see people excel? Bo Dallas, for example, he just couldn't cut it in the main roster. And let me not start on Finn Balor, who came in with all the potential in the world, even to the point of winning their world title, their universal title as they want to call it now, he becomes injured and then he's put to a second mid-carder status. Especially with his history in New Japan, you could have tapped so much potential with him. And what about guys like Shinsuke Nakamura? In Japan, was known for strong style. Now he's just known for being stylish. And then we have characters like The Miz, who dare I say, is awesome. But, He's still a product of the WWE mindset of being a superstar before being a wrestler. I like The Miz, I really do, but as many call him, he's soft style. But something happened out of all that. We had people like Cody Rhodes leave the industry to try to make it on his own. A group of up-and-comer young bucks and this unknown talent by the name of Kenny Omega make a name for themselves outside of WWE. And sooner or later, they went all in, and then we have the formation of All Elite Wrestling, which, as of today, is still strong. It's been three years now, going on four. Great matches, great talent. And what is WWE doing? Think about it, the Attitude Era came because of WCW. So you will figure the rise of AEW would cause a new version of the Attitude Era to happen in WWE. But it didn't. It got worse. People were being cut. Call-ups were being ignored. And there was controversial deals being made, like Saudi Arabia. What happened? Why were people getting cut when WWE was excelling financially? And then you had poor booking decisions being made. People like Ricochet constantly losing matches. Or worse, a Hell in a Cell where it ends up in a no contest? To the point that you had X-Pac watching on a live stream, on the WWE live stream, straight up saying, what just happened? <laughs> Last I checked, this, that doesn't happen. And out of all people, The Fiend, what, did, what happened to The Fiend? What happened to guys like Braun Strowman, Clarion Cross, Keith Lee? All these names, and I could, the list goes on and on. I could go on forever with that. People being released. Why? Because of financial numbers? Because 
they, they need to make budget cuts when they had record highs. And remember, remember that day in November, I believe it was, where the McMahon family stood in front of the ring saying, we want to hear you. We want to hear from you. We want to listen to what you, and they did nothing. Interesting to think about that. But now, a few years later, we see a new scandal come out starring Vince McMahon, and it caused a lot of things to happen. Stephanie McMahon went into a hiatus for a while. Triple H was hospitalized, but the biggest news that came out of all of this was the retirement of Vince McMahon, who many believe would die on the chair. Apparently, there's bigger things brewing for him. So now we're in this new era in WWE. And I do believe in ex it's an exciting era. It is one that is very promising and it's one that I look forward to. For a very long time, I stopped watching Raw and SmackDown. Kept my ears open, of course, as I always did. But there was weeks I would say to myself, nah, I'm not in the mood to watch it. And I did it, and I watched something else. Now, I want to watch Raw. I want to watch SmackDown. The new Triple H era is here. And I'm excited to hear what's new. I'm excited to see who may return. I'm excited to see what matches we're getting. I'm excited to see wrestlers prove themselves. Because even when they tried, they weren't able to. Who knows? We may see Finn Balor as a world champion once again. It could happen. I believe it's so. Maybe we see Ricochet as a new world champion. Maybe we'll see the return of Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. I'm hopeful. To answer your question, is Triple H what's best for business? The way things are looking, it's time to play the game, guys, and I think it just might be a good new era for WWE. Thanks for listening. I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. Please review and rate podcast. Also, if you're interested in watching the Izzyverse, I'm also at YouTube. You can just find me under Izzyverse. Like and subscribe. Don't forget to share and support the channel if you can. Until next time. In the words of the great Stan Lee himself, Excelsior.